Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Office Equipment Solutions North America wide. Yeah, Digitex does that. D I G I T E X dot C A on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. with you today on the Thursday edition of Oilers Now. Some guests on the show received gift cards to Ruth's Chris Steakhouse. Ruth's Chris, it is the greatest steak you've ever had. Follow the sizzle to 9990 Jasper Avenue. Tell Maggie and the staff that Oilers Now sent you. Conversation still going at 6.30, on a Heartland Ford text line. Out of Slave Lake, uh, I just loined, joined late, so I don't know what I've missed. I don't understand how a kicking motion is reviewable and a hand pass is not on a goal. Solution that a coach is challenged for goals only at a coach's discretion. Yeah, 1-2 game with a penalty for being wrong. Uh, okay, so yeah, one or two challenges, says the texture out of Slave Lake. That is a really good point. If you can review a kicking motion, you can't review a hand pass. But think back. Has there ever been a hand pass that's directly resulted in a goal the way that we saw last night? And a goal, no less, that directly impacted the outcome of the game? I think what we saw last night was somewhat unprecedented. Uh, But another texture with a suggestion here out of Edmonton. Do they do like they do in soccer and have the second referee watching it on TV screens with a communication device to contact the main referee if the replays show that something happened? Well, that's option A to me. That should be exactly what they do because I think that really helped out soccer. But Brian Burke suggested something similar just with that buzz down to the official coming from Toronto in the war room rather than an official in-house. So there's a couple of really good options. Topher credits everything that we've seen, talked about, to Russian interference. Oh, Topher. We'll shift away from uh, the most contentious conversation I've had with uh, you in quite some time. We're going to talk junior hockey, where uh, the the uh, uh, refereeing is not determining the outcomes of games. We'll bring aboard Sportsnet's Sam Cosentino. He is working the Memorial Cup uh, for... The upteenth year here, Sam. Thank you so much for uh, for lending us some time and what I imagine is a busy period for you. Yeah, thanks for having me on. Looking forward to to the event in any way we can push it. We, uh, you know, we try and do our best to do that, Brennan, for sure. How many years now have you been covering uh, not only the junior ranks but specifically the Memorial Cup? Yeah, this will be my fourteenth cup. So I'm uh, I'm blessed that uh, Sportsnet puts their faith in me to continue to to do the job uh it's a labor of love I, I i just absolutely love doing it the people we have are amazing to work with and you know you go across the the 60 team league and to think about all the relationships that i've made from coaches that have gone on to the nhl or gone on to become general managers or whether they end up in uh, youth sports or wherever the case is it's, it's 
I'm really blessed with the opportunity to continue to work for sure. So this year we get to see uh, Prince Albert out of the WHL, Halifax, of course, the host, the Guelph Storm and uh, the Naranda Huskies. Is there a favorite as we head into the, uh, the opening weekend here? Well, it's interesting because they look at the Guelph Storm and I think on paper that's, that's the best team here in terms of their depth of, of high-end skill. So you might put them a little bit ahead of the pack. Now, having said that, Rowan Miranda was a team that won a Quebec Major Junior League record 59 games this year. They had a 25-game win streak that fell short on March 8th and then they went back and won the final four games to, to set the new mark at 59. Uh, but they're a team that's not really full of stars, but they're homegrown. A lot of them have grown up together. They've been drafted by Ruan Miranda. Um, all but three of the 23 players that are here are, have have been groomed by the Huskies. So they have a real um, interesting makeup, great team chemistry, and uh, a team that works extremely hard. They keep coming at you in waves and waves. And they're going to be a real fun team to watch. And you could make a case for Halifax, takes Ruan Miranda to six games into the final. Of course, Prince Albert is... That 22-game point, uh, point stretch they had that began in October, and you know a couple of key players in the Ian Scott and and uh, Brett Leeson, uh, amongst others. So, you know, you could make a case for all all of the four teams here, but I, I'm I'm interested to see how what I consider to be the most skilled team in Guelph how they react. We'll touch on Dmitry Samarukov in a minute as we're joined here by Sam Cosentino ahead of the Memorial Cup. Uh, Sam, I've read the article on Sportsnet just outlining some of the, the big names that are at this year's tournament, but why don't you fill in the listeners on who they might be looking at seeing uh, some solid performances from? Yeah, there's, I mean, the, the, the talent is abundant. And I don't know, you know, it's not like 2016 when you had a, a line like Mitch Marner and Christian Dvorak and Matthew Kachuk who all went on to play big minutes in the NHL the next year it's not quite you know to that extent but we're still looking at a list of guys that i think at some point are going to have an impact in the nhl down the road and immediately the two draft eligibles of brett leeson of of prince albert with a 30 game point streak that saw him at 64 points that came to an end i think on the 9th of december and a one nothing loss to saskatoon and of course he goes on to the world juniors and a guy who's had a breakout year who wasn't on anyone's radar if you go back to last August and all of a sudden he's being considered as a high first-round pick. And then I look at a guy like Raphael Lavoie here in Halifax at 20 goals to lead all CHL players in just 23 playoff games. A big, tall, right-handed shot guy. He's got strength. He's got power to his game. He's played with a lot more bite and nastiness. He'll be a fascinating character to watch as we move towards Vancouver in June. Now, I look at Justin Barron, who's not draft eligible until next year, but a guy who's got great skating ability, good size. He's learning from a bunch of guys in Halifax's back end that have already been drafted into the NHL, so he's been the benefactor of that type of mentorship. Um, Samuel Aslan plays for Halifax, five goals in the Cup last year, winning it with uh, Akity Bathurst. Uh, you know, and the list goes on, uh, but I can't help uh, think about Noah Dobson. It's probably the last time we're going to see him here in the junior ranks. Defenseman for uh, Rowan Miranda was traded from Acadie Bathurst uh, earlier this year, and uh, I just think so highly of his game that where he went 12th in the draft last year, I feel is a real steal for the New York Islanders. Chatting with Sam Cosentino right now. Um, looking at the road to the Memorial Cup, everybody that made it had, uh, with the exception, I suppose, no, Halifax would have gone six games as well as the host. So uh, a quick turnaround for all these teams. Has that uh, historically been somewhat of a benefit rather than maybe the four or five games and then having that time off in between? Yeah, you know, it's, it is interesting how, it, how things uh, set up this year. I mean, you know, Prince Albert with that 
short run just to, you know, Monday night at home and then Tuesday, sort of a day to get organized, Wednesday traveling here. You know, you look at uh, Halifax, and that's the story that I'm definitely glad I don't have to talk about is the host team kind of working its way in through the back door, although technically they didn't win a championship. They still played in the final and went six games, so they're relatively fresh off of that. Um, you know, look at the Gulf Storm. They've had a tiny bit of time off here, but uh, a miraculous run for the way in which they got here, uh, trailing every series they were in by two games to none, and then and then coming back uh, in. And then you know, look at the Ruin Miranda Huskies. They were able to go home on home ice in a small barn and, and win it there. So you're, you're talking about teams that, you know, where no one's had that significant layoff, where for the most part uh, all the teams are healthy, which isn't uh, normally the case by the time you get here. I think about Seattle going back to 2017. and You know, you think about uh, how impacted they were with Ethan Bear not being able to play at 100% and a couple of other injuries. But I think we're seeing something a little bit different here. A couple Oilers prospects that uh, fans might uh, want to keep an eye on here. Obviously, Dmitry Samarukov. I'll get a thought from you on him and what was an absolute, uh, it was a breakout season, but even more so in the playoffs. Oh, man, I'm just, uh, I think so highly of Sam Rukov and next to Noah Dobson, I think he's the most NHL-ready player here at this event. You're talking about a guy who defends with size, good positioning. He's got some bite to his game. He can throw the body around a little bit. Uh, I love the way he passes the puck crisp and hard and heavy and passes it like a pro, and he's got an excellent shot uh, to go along with it as well. When I look at his 28 points, uh, which we haven't seen the likes of that for a defenseman produced in the Ontario Hockey League, and you know, in the last nine years, it, it's been a really impressive run. But I think for Dimitri, I think his calling card at the next level is going to be a guy who's going to be able to give you good minutes in a, in a matchup scenario, who's going to take care of business in his own end. I don't know if we're going to see quite the offense out of him at the National Hockey League level as what we're seeing in junior. Although I do believe his shot will play. Uh, you know, at the very least on a second power play unit in the NHL. Uh, but I do believe with his game, with his size, his skating ability, that he's going to really, really push to uh, to get into some National Hockey League games next year. And depending on what kind of summer he has, it wouldn't surprise me if he started the year there and, and ended up maintaining. I think he's just had a, an unbelievable developmental path and he continues to grow as a player. I'm a, I'm a huge fan. I know the media members don't necessarily like this, but the fans often do. Is there an NHL comparable? Is there someone you see uh, in some Samarukov's game that's playing right now? Oh, that's a great question. Because I think about some of the guys that are in now. He's not a Burns. He's not a Carlson. Um, there's some uh, Petrangelo in there. I guess there's a little bit of that going on. Uh, Pareko, not quite like him. No, I... I I'm thinking of the guys that are left. You know, you look at Chara and you look at some of the smaller defenders for Boston. He doesn't really resemble any of those guys. Um, and then Carolina, you know, Slavin's a guy who's gotten a lot of publicity, but probably is going to be a more offensive guy than what Dimitri would be at the next level. So in terms of the four teams playing in the National Hockey League playoffs right now, I don't know if I see a, a comparable there, but what I do see is a guy who I believe is, is pro-ready and, and is going to get some NHL games next year. Chatting with Sportsnet's Sam Cosentino. It's Brendan Escott in on Oilers Now today. Uh, Ostap Safin is the other one I want to talk to you about. Uh, he had a great season 2017-18, Sam, and then uh, injuries basically derailed the regular season for him, missed a big chunk of it, and the playoffs you went quiet in 23 games, only a couple points. So what are you expecting to see out of him in this tournament here? He's a big body. 
Is that Ostap Safin? I just missed a part That's of it. That's right. Yeah, Ostap Safin. Yeah. Well, he's a, he's a bit of a wild card for me. I think, uh, you know, at his best, he's a guy who can really uh, help add some good scoring depth, some uh, some size to what Halifax brings to the table. He just hasn't been able to find it consistently, and it's been the, the year marred with injuries. So you have to wonder if health is playing a, a factor in, in what he hasn't been able to do or maybe meet the expectations uh, that were set upon him once he was moved over here to Halifax. But uh, it's funny because I've been trying to get that question answered from a lot of people around the Mooseheads, and they're not necessarily sure what they're going to get out of them. So for me to be able to answer that question when those who are around them every day are, are, you know, having some trouble uh, trying to figure out exactly what's going to happen with this guy, um, I I, I don't have an answer. I think it's going to be a bit of a surprise. But I I, I do say this, that if he can be the effective guy that I've seen him be previous to, you know, to this uh, injury plague year, then that's going to really bode well for Halifax, and he's going to surprise a lot of people. I think he's going to be heavily inspired by all the talk and all the hype surrounding Dmitry Samarukov, and I think that's probably going to push him to do some good things here, uh, depending on his health. And I can't give you a, an honest answer as to whether or not he's at 100%. He is in the lineup, so if he's healthy enough to play, he is a guy that should be able to have some sort of impact for Halifax. Joined by Sam Cosentino right now. A couple more for you, Sam. Um, performances at the Memorial Cup historically, how far, in your opinion, do they go in boosting the status of a draft-eligible player? Yeah, I think they have some sort of impact because you're best on best. You're in pressure-packed situations. There's media attention. It resembles a little bit more of what it's going to be like in the National Hockey League. So I think it, you know, teams definitely put some stock into it. I mean, of course they feel that it is important because most all the teams are here. You know, there is not much other scouting hockey available to them at this point of year, so why not come and see those guys? But I do believe it can have an impact. How big an impact? I don't know. You send your guys, especially the, you know, the guys in the top 60, 70 in the draft, you're sending people around the world to keep a book on these players all year long, on home ice, on road ice, in hostile situations whether they're banged up a little bit. So you're trying to find them in all kinds of situations and see how they react. This is just another piece of the puzzle, but I don't believe it's the be-all and end-all in terms of saying, hey, well, you know, if Brett Leeson doesn't play well here, does that mean he's going to fall out of the first round? If Raphael Lavoie doesn't play well here, does that mean he's going to fall out of the first round? Not likely, uh, but, you know, I, I, I do think it has some of an impact, but it's not. Uh, I don't think it becomes a decisive event. We'll finish up with this, Sam. Uh, obviously, you're covering the Memorial Cup, but the junior circuit is certainly your forte. Uh, maybe not so much with the U.S. National Development Program, but with the Oilers picking at eight and some of the names that may be available there, uh, I guess my question is, do they, do they, in your opinion, take the best player available, or is there somebody, is there a need that they need to fill uh, just for the Oilers fans and from someone that knows the junior circuit a little bit? Where, where might they take this draft? Yeah, well, oh man, it's going to be really interesting to see how this how this plays out. But I think the Oilers are in a position where they have to take the best player available. And you know, so much we've heard about supporting Connor McDavid with wingers. I think the important thing is with where Edmonton's picking, you're not likely to get a guy who's going to step into your lineup and help right away. But where do you project that guy here? You know, two years down the road, and how he's going to be able to impact your your lineup and whatever roster makeup that Ken Holland now will have the, the chance to kind of project. So I think you have to take the best player available. 
but there's going to be some options. The, you know, the draft's going to get really interesting at number three. You know, Vasily Podkolzin is a guy that, hey, he might be sitting there. Kirby Doc might be sitting there. Dylan Cousins, Trevor Zegers. Um, you know, you're looking at Matthew Boldy. You're, those are the type of guys you're looking at in Edmonton's range right now. And I don't know, quite frankly, you can't go wrong with any of them. But uh, I think you're going to have to sit in that spot, take the best player available, unless you're really, really super excited about maybe going down the road of a defenseman. But I just don't know if Edmonton needs to go urgently down that road right now. When I think about Bear and Jones and Bouchard and, and Sam Rukoff, so I would have to say that based on where those guys are and, and how close they are to pushing for NHL minutes, uh, probably lean the way of a forward. Yeah, and I, I get that vibe up here as well. Sam, thank you so much for the time. Enjoy this weekend, my friend. Thanks, Brendan. Take care. That is Sportsnet's Sam Cosentino checking in from Halifax ahead of the 101st Memorial Cup. Uh, for those of you texting in asking me to uh, to poke and prod Sam whether he'd have Evan Bouchard or Noah Dobson guys it is way 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 too early to make that determination we need to see them both in NHL action long before I think we know whether the Oilers made the right choice there or not but Sam did say that Dobson was a value where he was taken I don't know why you would want to uh, to look anywhere but the direction of Evan Bouchard if you're a fan of the Oilers because he looks like they've got something there 150 here in Edmonton we'll come back with this day in Oilers history get to a couple more texts as well. It's Brendan Escott with you today on Oilers Now. This is Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on Oilers Radio 630 Chad. Wrapping up the Thursday edition. Brendan Escott with you here on Oilers Now. We'll finish out our week together tomorrow. For now, though, a couple texts that we should get to as well at 6.30, out Edmonton. Uh, Ralph Kruger is going to crush it in Buffalo. He's not just about the hockey. He's going to go in there and he's going to fix Jack Eichel. Some might say that Jeff Skinner helped fix Jack Eichel. We'll see if they bring him back. Skinner, uh, Skinner's got some options this offseason for sure. Uh, Texture out Edmonton asks whether uh, the Oilers are trying to get Jamie Benn out of Dallas. I'm quite confident he makes more money than the Oilers can allot to a player like him so don't uh, don't get your hopes up in that department not only that I have not heard any rumblings about that Castle Downs Dan says every overtime goal should be immediately reviewed by the war room for anything and everything you can't have a game decided on a missed call regardless of why it was missed well the problem is well, you know, you just you don't want to have the standard different in overtime than it is in the game. Because that, if that came in the final five seconds of regulation, it is just as egregious as it was in overtime. So uh, change is afoot. Once again, I'll reiterate, those of you asking how soon change can be implemented, Brian Burke saying that it is possible for them to do it midseason, but the league really does not like it. So do not expect it uh, throughout the rest of the playoffs here. One more to get to. Uh, KS says he likes the idea of one ref, just like Louis DeBrusque suggested today. One ref making calls, two linesmen in the lookout for missed calls, and that have uh, an effect on the game. These missed calls detected by the linesmen are then reviewed by off-ice officials. Well, why don't you just have the off-ice official there monitoring in-house from above with the ability to communicate down low, just like they do with the VAR in soccer. We've seen it be a success there. That's my take. That's my two cents, and we'll see. But I promise you that there will be change before next off or before uh, next season begins. They can't have this happening, and especially with the betting, as Burke suggested, uh, they've already had two big betting companies out of the states, and this is a new foray. 
they had to call last night's game a wash. Return money. Sorry, we, we're not going to have it decided on this. So if they're deciding, then change needs to be afoot. If they're deciding that that call is so egregious, the league has to be on board with that. To this day in Oilers history, back in 1985, Yari Curry puts out four goals to push the Oilers past the Blackhawks 8-2, and that won the Campbell Conference Final in Game 6. It also set a new playoff record for Curry with his third hat-trick of that playoffs, sent the Oilers to the Stanley Cup Finals against the Philadelphia Flyers. Royal Pizza, my friends, is pizza, pasta, and so much more. Edmonton owned and operated for 49 years. Download the uh, Royal Pizza app from the App Store. Find your locations there or visit royalpizza.ca. Tonight on 6.30, Chad, you can catch Game 4, what might be a decisive Game 4 between Boston and Carolina from Raleigh. 6 o'clock tonight right here on 6.30, Chad. Tomorrow, Hockey Night in Canada's Elliot Friedman for our friends at the River Cree Resort and Casino. We'll check in with uh, the man who's disappeared for the last couple weeks, Reed Wilkins. We'll hear from him. I turn the airwaves over to you for a bit as well. It's always a pleasure. Brennan Escott here saying so long from the 630 Chad Studios. Up next to Global News Weather Traffic Update with Eileen Bell, followed by the 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jalen Nye. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.